So I was born um, with eczema and had a cow's milk protein allergy, had quite a severe anaphylactic shock when I was a baby, which kind of sparked this childhood of eczema and gut health problems and having IBS and eventually kind of leading towards overuse of steroid creams more throughout my later teen years and then developed into a condition called um, topical steroid addiction. Today we have the amazing delight to be speaking to Imogen Tinge. Imogen is a dietitian who after an array of health conditions as a child and young adult, she took it all into her own hands, got it all under control and now she helps other people in a similar situation. Imogen's story is a fantastic one of where something that happened in her life has sculpted what happened next. Before we get going as always though, please do come and join in with the Yellow Tuxedo and Digital Circus Life Fun like subscribe comment or check out the link below to join our newsletter um imogen thank you so much for joining us today on digital circus life the small business podcast very enthusiastic i know i know i am at the moment um but we have to start at the beginning in this conversation we need to know what is it that you are trying to achieve right now well, I'm trying to achieve uh, overall well-being for lots of people, I think, which I know is a very, very, very broad, <laughs> a broad thing to try and achieve. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I, I work privately with, with clients um, concerning their nutrition for various different things, primarily skin conditions and gut health um, and all those things. I'm a registered dietitian, so that's that's what I do. Now, now, usually what I would ask now is something like, how does that balance with your personal life? But knowing what we know about you, we know it balances perfectly with your your personal life, which we will come to, I imagine, at some point in the conversation. Yeah. Um, so but why like and, and this is a th- genuinely a trending theme in, in these podcast episodes, but why that desire to help as many people as possible? I think it comes from a personal experience, which, as, yeah, as you mentioned, we will probably touch on later. Um, and I think because the personal experience that I had is very relatable to a lot of people, not necessarily because they had the same condition. But I think in this day and age, we rely more on ourselves and our own kind of decisions decisions to um, make healthy choices instead of kind of going to the doctor necessarily um, and going down that that kind of more traditional medicine route um, so I think a lot of people find what I what I say online and and um, my experience quite relatable so for the benefit of anyone listening and not watching, yeah, we, can't, very, we can't gloss over it anymore. <laughs> there was a slight little smirk there, as you said, uh, going to a tra- the traditional route there. So tell us, we will touch upon your experience there, Imogen. So yeah. what has led you to becoming a dietitian? What What is your personal experience? Yeah, what happened? Yes. So what, what happened? it all starts when I was born, really. Um, so <laughs> I was... Bird, it's a bird. Yeah. Blimey, we're starting at the beginning. Emily told me off for going back to 10 years old recently. We're going back to birth. <laughs> Yeah, my whole life has been leading up to this point being on this podcast. Um, So, uh, yes, so I was born um, with eczema um, and had a cow's milk protein allergy, had quite a severe shock, um, anaphylactic shock when I was a baby, um, which kind of sparked this childhood of eczema and gut health problems and having IBS and um, eventually kind of leading towards overuse of steroid creams. Um, and I had all the all these allergies as well. So I was allergic to peanuts, um, 
to cow's milk, obviously, and uh, animals, dust, you know, dander, all these different things. And it was all wow. kind of creating a big picture of unwellness um, as a child. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I quickly became kind of reliant on steroid creams more throughout my later teen years. Um, I think my mum did really well at trying to manage on her own without a lot of steroid usage. Um, but then as soon as I moved out of home at 18, I was like, oh, this is a quick fix and went to the yeah. doctors and started using steroid creams, um, which very quickly kind of snowballed into the more potent ones. And then it kind of developed into a condition called um, topical steroid addiction, uh, which is something that's not really well known um, nowadays. I think it's gaining a lot more traction thankfully um but doctors don't really recognize it and what happens is your body becomes reliant on the steroid creams um so when you stop using them you go through a withdrawal process um which can be very very harsh and it's kind of years long um so that's what i went through in my early 20s um wow. and that kind of sent me down the route of looking into holistic medicine and and using food and um exercise and wellness and all these things for myself rather than going to the doctor and and then prescribing me more steroid creams or other medication which I think is that really is kind of the first line advice that they give unfortunately um and it's not it's not necessarily their fault you know that you they only get kind of 10 minutes with you at most in a GP's office and you want the quick fix they want to give you a quick fix and it just happens that steroid creams do give that um so it's just the long-term usage that can be quite quite troublesome. Um, wow. But yeah, so I kind of went down the route of wellness and then I was made redundant from my job that I was doing. And so I thought, well, this is actually the perfect opportunity um, to kind of use my newfound knowledge and passion uh, for good use. So I went back to college for a year and then I went to university for four years um, and studied to be a registered dietitian. Um and now I, yeah, so I set up my private business before I'd even graduated um, and went straight, straight into it. So, yeah. And was going private as owning your own business always the plan in terms of that? Because I said a lot of people would, would qualify and then go and work for something like the NHS or mm -hmm. another organisation. Did you always want to work for yourself? Yes. Yeah, that's really been the ultimate goal really the end goal um i do work for the nhs as well so i am a pediatric dietitian um obviously i need a stable income as well so <laughs> um yeah but but really really the passion is to work privately um and to have that kind of work life balance and have more time with clients as well um we all know the nhs waiting lists are huge so uh yeah this just enables me to give clients the support that they need really like this is unbelievable isn't it and there's so much we could go for. like so you don't want to go to the doctor if you do want to go well but why do you not want to go is another question in there when you do go it's a nightmare to get in and when you get in and like I say this is no reflection on the individuals this, this definitely feels like more of a system issue than a, mm. a person issue and then when you do get in, they've only got 10 minutes to, and you want a diagnosis because you've been waiting weeks to get in after waiting weeks to decide whether you want to get in. And, and then they're giving you an answer. And then we've got this kind of other 
challenge I think that happens at the moment of living in a more connected world where knowledge is more freely available which is has its amazing kind of side but also has the challenging side of kind of self-diagnosis which then also leads into this and my head's about to explode basically on this yeah, one. Yeah the thing that resonates for us and uh, that's not in a, in a skin condition route but our daughter um, has been seriously ill over the last few years and it, exactly that which every time she has a flare-up or, or an episode with her condition the doctor's first line is let's increase the dosage of her medication and it's really hard to get because you understand that the medication does so much for that particular condition but actually there has to be other things that could be at play there and exactly what you're saying there in terms of skincare there or skin conditions there it's not just the drugs because the drugs are actually as you've just said causing half of the issue you know they're, they're prescribing that we're not knowing about the long-term side effects of what that could be but yeah your, your your health your diet your sleep your water intake all of that has to come into play yeah. yeah right so i've got two questions imogen one's a bit flippant facetious like a bit like alan and the next one's a bit more serious okay so the first question is with all of that going on as a child all of those allergies what could you do? Were you one of those kids in like the all-in-one romper suit with a mask on when they went outside? You know, nothing wrong with that, but you know, just You've got kind an of image now, haven't you? Oh, yeah, I've got an image. So that's my first question. What could you do as a childhood? And my yeah. second question is, you said you kind of looked towards the more holistic stuff and diet and everything else. How has that worked for you? I don't know. So if we could go with the stupid question first <laughs> and then, then the serious one, please. Yeah, well, I... Uh... Luckily or unluckily, I don't know, I'm very stubborn um, and I fell in love with animals as soon as I saw them. So although I kind of blew up facially with hives and itchy and, you know, all this when I was near them, I still begged to go to Bockett's Farm every weekend or um, to have a puppy and all this stuff. So I just... I'd surrounded myself with the things that I shouldn't. Um, and, and sorry, before we move on. So there's that thing, isn't there? I don't, you'll, you'll know the technical stuff. Apologies. But like, if you've got a peanut allergy, you, you slowly introduce peanut and it can yeah. kind of solve the allergy. Did the exposure to the animals kind of change anything with you? Did it, or did you just have the full on allergies? So every time you saw them, you blew up. I'm seeing a, a big, big red no, face. No, I know. I'm dog. trying not to have like a kind of comedy swollen <laughs> anaphylactic lip you know yeah Hollywood's got a lot to answer for here yes well that's the thing there are there are different types of allergies so um with the peanuts and things I it was more severe when I was younger um but as you said the the kind of the the guidance nowadays is to introduce them slowly keep on trying and eventually what's common is a lot of children because their immune system strengthens they react less to the allergen so that's what happened with me with peanuts and uh, cow's milk protein as well um excuse me so but with the animals um it was pretty consistent i would react so it 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 rarely it rarely got better i mean i i was worse with some animals so i was worse with rabbits and horses um even though i had horse riding lessons every week and um yeah all these things i just basically managed it with antihistamines and you know all the other or you could say holistic side of things so having a shower as soon as I got home and just you know managing it as best I could um Mm. and then eventually in my early 20s I kind of got better and then actually when I went through topical steroid withdrawal after that I reacted a lot less 
to um to animals and I was able to get my own horse and I was able to work at stables and um yeah surround myself a bit more with them um yeah yeah I love it I love, no, I love it. Sorry. I'm, I, I, this is genuinely serious stuff. You know, thank you for sharing it with us. And I'm genuinely interested. So then how did the kind of management from the typical, typical steroid, et cetera, sure. withdrawal to today, yeah. how is it all nowadays? And then we get onto some business, businessy stuff in a bit, you know. But. Yeah. So, it, um, so when did I stop? Ter- uh, withdrawal was till 2018 um since then I hadn't had any eczema at all um and all my allergies were practically gone um so I was just kind of living a very conscious life I would say so eating very healthily you know the standard fruits and veg and fiber and all the rest of it and exercise and getting outside and yeah just kind of trying to live a well life but I wouldn't say that I was trying too hard like it felt it felt very easy I was just living Mm. living normally um and then annoyingly last last summer I caught COVID I think it was COVID or it might have been flu or something and I think my immune system took such a hit that my eczema's now come back which is a bit of a kick Mm. in the gut um but it's it's fine it's you know I'm I'm managing it how I how I would manage a client which is quite funny so I'm actually yeah practicing what I preach which is good good um, it is good and, yeah. and and is there is there a a tipping point uh, which which if it hadn't have happened you'd still have uh the allergies the eczema the steroid cream usage and everything else yes yeah I think if I hadn't so the, yeah, so the tipping point for me was going into the doctor's office um, and I'd worked my way up through all the potencies of steroid creams. And he said, <clears throat> well, we need to put you on an oral steroid. So prednisone, which is a tablet, um, which is kind of the next step up. And I just thought, no, <laughs> you know, these where aren't working. <laughs> yeah, where does it end? Yeah, yeah. Like my skin was worse than ever. And I couldn't, I couldn't get through a day without applying multiple layers of steroid cream. And it just it felt so backwards um and unnatural so yeah that was kind of the the day I decided to throw them all in the bin and I think if I hadn't done that I would definitely I don't know what what state my health would be in at the moment um I'd be very unhappy I know that for sure I'm, 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 I mean, I'm, yes, I make these facetious comments and questions, but I'm actually genuinely uh, very passionate about what you're talking about. I, you know, I'm, I'm, as a man, I don't wish to take a drug to solve things anyway, in a more traditional sense, but I'm very big on the holistic and yeah, we don't mean holistic in woo woo. We mean holistic in all aspects of your life. Um, Yeah. And especially with our daughter, as Emily said, very, very keen. And, and actually we've got Vicky live fit. Now I can never remember her surname. It's Vicky live fit, Vicky Brown in the digital circus who shared a similar story in her podcast episode. And we've got a, in theory, a new member, I've put it out there now coming on board soon, who I know is also in, in a similar world who shares their story and now helps other people in a, in all slightly different variations, not slightly different, all very different, but with a similar, background if that mm-hmm. makes sense but it's so in it's yeah it's unbelievable i i think the kind of emily's what's, i'm just listening to you oh can't do um can't do physical violence against so your other bringing half, it back you? to the business side of it mm-hmm. and so you've you're just about to complete your first year of it dietetics aren't dietetics Yes, dietetics, dietetics. Yes. it's a really difficult word every I time I look well, at I, it. i've changed it now <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, we, we know that. We know that, Emily. It's the nutritionist. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I should do my due diligence, unlike Alan, who has all the notes. So tell me, so tell me, first year of business, how has it gone? Overall, fantastic. I mean, I, I, I'm surprised anyone wants to come and see me, <laughs> which sounds so stupid. But, um, but no, it's it's such a pleasure and a privilege to be able to work with people and to um connect with people and help them through whatever issues that they're having and I've had yeah a good kind of handful of clients which which is perfect and you know some stay for a month or some stay for four months um and each one I've been able to help in some way or another which has just been yeah so fantastic and I think it's it's so exciting to know what different avenues I can go down as well and you know I can work with different companies or I can work um you know, write an ebook or something or a recipe book. And it's just, it's very exciting. Yeah, it's really great. So you're in the early stages, obviously, you're, you're, you're a newbie to business with it with your one year under your hat. Where do you see the business developing and growing to? Well, I would like to, um, you know, I'm going to put out more programs um, and have kind of more of those structures so more self-paced things that people can do at home obviously working within the NHS my life is quite busy um mm. my time to see private clients is getting smaller so in order to still help people it's all going to be kind of more self-paced and um yeah things people can do in their own time which I think suits suits others a lot more um I want to specialize in allergies as well at some point so I need to do my my NHS training to be able to do that but that is the end goal for me um and working with children who have allergies and adults and yeah everyone <laughs> so, so there's a question that I, is very topical in the kind of parental circles that we're yeah. in is is actually there they're, they're okay perception is that there is a lot more children with allergies nowadays than there was when I was a young lad and all that jazz um is there any kind of thoughts or reasoning behind that in a kind of scientific way yes yeah so that is true the prevalence of allergies is increasing um there are a number of theories I think about why this could happen so obviously covid is a big factor um just in terms of people staying inside so we're not kind of exposed to the outdoors as much um I think that's a general thing that's happening nowadays anyway with kids I think kids aren't going outdoors as much as they were so they're not being exposed to things like um pollen and just other allergens in the air as much that would kind of build up a tolerance over time Mm. um and I think generally the way that we're eating the way that we're living um we're kind of more sedentary we're not doing as much exercise um and I think kids are probably eating worse nowadays than they ever have Mm. we've got quite a big obesity problem in this country um and it all it all paints a picture of health and you know allergies are because of an immune reaction so if our immune system is poor um we're more likely to to react to things um so it's just yeah just a couple of theories on that but it's it's definitely increasing unfortunately i no go okay. no after you. yeah go on <laughs> that's two two in a studio together we both have so many things to ask about so mike i'm curious to going back to the that kind of little bit of friction there between the doctor route versus dietitian route and 
general awareness, I suppose, because not everyone would be aware of those other opportunities and other avenues to to go down there. Mm. Um, with your your business and yourself as a platform, because what you're clearly doing in in abundance and doing so well is that you are an advocate for for this this methodology because you've been there and done that and you are living proof, proof in the pudding. It is proof in the pudding that that it clearly works. Yeah. How. Do you see your, are you social media? I, I love following you on social media. I was just following you before we literally hit record on, on today. How can you see that social platform there being, uh, allowing you that voice can, to spread the word a bit more? Yes, yeah. So I think m- more people are turning towards social media now, aren't they? For their kind of their health um, mm. advice and things like that, because it's it's there right in front of you. You don't have to wait for a doctor's appointment and things, but um, yeah for registered dietitians specifically although we we're obviously tied into the nhs and we have to abide by the rules um so we always promote um advice that has been proven or has a lot of scientific backup behind it um so if you are looking for your nutrition advice online always try and follow a registered dietitian or a registered nutritionist as well because they're going to be kind of giving you the proper advice um and there's so many, so many different fads online that I see every single day um, and people pushing a lot of agendas, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's it's important to find someone who aligns with what you believe and how you want to live your life and and eat and, and all these things. But just be wary of people that might be pushing an opinion rather than a fact, I think. I think I think that's really important because I'm I'm I love TikTok like it's it's probably my go-to platform for my own personal True. consumption. That's what he watches before bed. <laughs> it is well that that and YouTube, um, and I like it because the, the TikTok works for my very quickly, you know, sc- scrolling through. And um, but in amongst the noise, you're sorry, I have to decipher what is noise and what is fact. And just because someone's kind of presenting themselves well, still doesn't mean it's fact. And and you can see where social media can get a b- bad uh, name because it's not kind of audited or checked off before it's released. Um, but also, it is also an amazing access to some fantastic, you know, look at the stuff you put out, amazing stuff, you know, you can have access to if you're finding the right people. So if anything is a reminder to do your due diligence, yeah. isn't it? Do, you, yeah. do your due diligence and fact check always. Mm, I agree. I agree. So... Do you see yourself as as that kind of that? I, I hate using personal brand here, but because of you have had that life experience, are you quite comfortable putting yourself front and center with that in the business? Uh, it comes and goes, I think. <laughs> um, sometimes I'm not. I'm although I've been told I come across very well in videos that I record. There are about twelve bloopers that haven't been uploaded, obviously. So it's just it's it's yeah I mean I think it's important for me to do that and to put my face out there because my whole experience has been about skin and Mm. I think it it makes me more relatable as well obviously and um especially because I'll be working with clients they want to know who they're who they're talking to um Mm. so yes I do I do think it is really important for me to do that um although I don't find it the most comfortable but I think my you know I always try and be authentic I can't I can't be one of these people who reads a script I just tend to kind of be myself which I think helps a lot so okay. you can do really isn't yeah. it in today's world, <laughs> just be yourself and uh, it, it can go a long way but it's also yeah. I mean I, I appreciate at the moment you you've got 
clear skin at the moment anyway, but to be able to put yourself on camera when you're not feeling your best or when things are, you are having a, a bit of a dip in, in your in your health there, to be able to do that and be on camera and other people might be feeling the same, that's a massive mm. confidence thing to show other people that it, it, it's still okay and that we're all going through things as well. I think, okay. yeah. Sorry. No, 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 apologies. I didn't wish to interrupt. Carry <laughs> on. No, sorry. I think it, it's, it has been really difficult to to have a first eczema flare-up that that I've had in about six or seven years, um, especially because I work with eczema clients. So they're they're looking for someone who they know is going to make make their skin better and help them manage their skin condition. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my my opinion, I felt, well, they're all going to think I'm rubbish and, you know, throw me in the bin and, <laughs> and that's going to be it now. I'm not going to have any clients. But actually, the response I've had from sharing that I am, you know, I too struggle as well. Um, the response I've had has been really supportive, really positive. And again, as you said, it's kind of making me more relatable to people. Absolutely. Um, and again, eczema is unfortunately one of these conditions that has no cure. It's something that kind of, there are so many factors that can trigger it and that kind of contribute towards it that, yeah, it's it's kind of, obvious that it's going to flare up at some point again um that's exactly and what you're showing is there's no magic wand there are things you can put in place and there's a clear process in which you can follow but the fact that we all it it will never ever go away Mm. and the fact you are a real human being i think that does make you more relatable and i uh, personally i'm not one of your clients but if i was your client i wouldn't be thinking oh my goodness she's a fake because she's failed she she can't she can't look actually what you're showing is in plain sight the process that you follow to to turn it around again and i think that that is something that people would aspire more to because if you can't remove the condition but you can live with the condition and putting those clear things in place about yeah eating better having better sleep hydrating more all those things that we all know but watching you do it yourself is actually a, a positive not a negative mm-hmm. um so i i want to come back to the business we've done a role reversal normally i stick to talking about life and emily asks about the business but now i want to ask about the business so you currently work for the nhs you've said that's very full-on we get that it's the nhs right mm. we've had more than enough time there we always say uh, we don't have sick kids but we're always in hospital so they're never ill but we're always in hospital. When we go, we go hard. Yeah, if we're doing it, we're doing it properly. And actually, as a side story, Ben, our middle child, was always ill kind of the first 18 months of his life. I remember pumping cowpole into him, which obviously in hindsight. But the irony being, we lived like our house backed onto a farm and they were out playing in the mud and there was a, we had a fire circle and they were playing in that. And we're like, we're building up his immune, like proper old school way of doing things and we're like why is he always ill but then now you know touch wood oh you should never say anything like this why would i say this (laughs) touch touch any wood um anyway right so you work for the nhs it's pretty much it's very full-on and you have the business the nutritionist emily um what if you have to decide is there a point you want to decide is there a point you know because we yeah what what's what's the future look like if you have it mapped out or planned so I um so I've actually just been offered another role within the NHS, which is a, a training role. Um so I'll basically be doing that um for the next couple of years while balancing the business. Um wow. <laughs> and then I will hopefully get to a point where I can specialise in allergies and then concentrate solely on the private side of things. Um that's as far as I've got in my brain at the moment, but um yeah do you sleep (laughs) when when do you sleep 
Believe it or not, yes. I go to bed at nine o'clock. So I, I, yeah, I make sure I get sleep. It's one of my, my main things I bang on to my clients about. So um, yeah, sleep's very important. So, okay, then I, then I have a question that's just come into my head now. Going on the balance, clearly there's a, there's a clear game plan, so to speak, in place mm. for the next few years of what you want to do and how you get to that point. How do you then manage both the, the, the employed side of it and the business side of it to ensure that by the time you get to your private clients in a few years' time, you haven't dropped the ball, so to speak, in terms of making sure that you're staying consistently and showing up and, and doing what you need to do. How do you balance that? Mm. Yeah, so thankfully I don't have to bring any work home from the hospital. So it is literally just spending the evenings thinking about what I'm going to do for the week in terms of, um, so I have a lot of online guides and PDF documents and things that people can download. So I'm constantly kind of churning out content for the website um, and also just staying in touch with people on social media. That's really my biggest platform um, where I connect with people and post kind of educational posts and things like that. So um, and I actually find that very easy. I it's kind of it's really I love doing it. I love learning. You know, I love helping people learn. Um, I'm very creative as well. So I love all that side of things. Um making things look pretty for Instagram so <laughs> so yeah it, for me it's, it's quite easy really I mean I it's it's a hobby as well as um a business really I kind of this is what I live my life by I think without the personal experience I think if I hadn't done it all myself mm-hmm. so that it was now routine for me the things that I'm promoting I think it would be a lot harder um but because it is authentic and I am speaking of things that I've tried and I'm not trying to just kind of promote a product that I've you know just I don't know anything about it's something that I've yeah. done myself that I know mm. helps then it's it's easier do you think had you not gone through this I mean it's, it's by the by because you did go through it all well, it is what it is it is what it is if if this hadn't been your path and with your own um condition what do you think you'd be doing now oh I don't know really I think but I think because I was made redundant what was probably, that job in before? No, don't mention uh, them. Never mention them. Mer- <laughs> merchandising. So I worked for oh, that's okay. Snow and Rock um, skiwear <gasps> company. I, I was in Snow and Rock at the weekend. Sorry? I was in Snow and Rock at oh, the weekend. Oh, were you? Oh, yeah. I used to work in yeah. their head office when it was in Guildford. And then they shut down the head office and moved it to uh, the Cotswolds. Well, they got bought out um, by Cotswolds, didn't they? So yeah, Cotswolds is based Cotswolds. in South Sorry, story alert. Yeah, but I've got Cotswolds stories. Outdoor outdoor stuff is actually my life and passion. Isn't it? So merchandising. Get, oh, yeah, merchandising. Merchandising. So if you'd stayed yeah. in merchandising, do you think you'd, you'd be loving that still? No, not at all. I think I, I kind of fell into it, to be honest. It was a it was a temporary role. So I worked I worked in um, veterinary surgeries. I was training to be a vet nurse um, and I worked in various farms. <laughs> so it was all animals until I love, I, can I say, I love animals, that. snow and rock <laughs> merchandising. I can't, I can't touch animals without getting really, really <laughs> yeah. sick. But I'm going to work in a vet surgery and I'm going to work on a farm. I love that. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then that's when it all kind of all you know, hit the fan and um, yeah, my skin kind of erupted. So I had to stop. So I had to listen to my body at that point. Wow. Wow. Well, look, what a story. Before we get to our final question, mm-hmm. I'd just like to share a sleep story. So like, genuinely, I'm, I'm I'm on board with everything um, <laughs> uh, you, you, you say and everything else. She's um, like, I know. I well, no, I, I didn't know what else to say. Thank you is what I meant to say, I think, yeah. yes. Um, last night... I slept, are you ready for this? 
for the first time in however many years, because we have three children, stresses from a business, I'm, I'm a middle-aged chap who may need to get out of bed frequently in the night. Last night, I slept for seven hours solidly without waking up or getting out of bed once. Around the pause, I, I, I genuinely <laughs> don't know when that last happened. Like, like over a decade, well over a decade, right? And uh, how do you feel for it today, darling? Well, I, I feel amazing. I think I'm on. <laughs> I think I'm a hundred percent. And an interesting got a, a guy I know, um, Andrea, who once talked about ah, oh, what is it? The euphoria that can come from normality, right? Basically, when your body hits regular normal, because you spend so much time down here, actually, it can promote a feeling of amazingness and euphoria. And I kind of, and I kind of feel a bit like that today. I think I could take on the world because I had a seven hours solid sleep. Before you get to the final question, that's just prompted another question in my head. And I appreciate everything that you you teach and you work with with your clients and what you've impart in your own um in your own system as well. Is it, has there been one standout thing, one change that you have made in your life that has made the most dramatic impacts on your eczema? I think for me, and this is very, this is a very personal thing. So it's, it's not something that everyone should do, but I broke up with my horrible boyfriend at the time ah! <laughs> and I moved back in with my mum, which should have been more stressful, but uh, no, it was really good. So that was kind of, removing myself from a very toxic environment and I think the reduction in stress levels was just so huge that it was it really was kind of the the change that I needed really Um, everyone break up with the horrible boyfriend yeah (laughs) you men are all bastards (laughs) and girlfriends oh well I was just joining it and girlfriends and if you can't say boyfriends and girlfriends and they're not factor of uh and anyone else, whatever you identify as. Right. Um, Imogen. Yeah. Do you know what? Though That comes under the holistic thing, doesn't it? Like that's still yes. absolutely on board with all of that. Yeah. Right. On that note, we are going to wrap up with a final question. Um, yours, I feel, may be very different to many others we've asked this. But if you could go back to your younger self. Horrible boyfriend. I know. And say one thing to them. Um, what, what what would you say? You know, a little arm around the He's shoulder. He's a dick. Don't go no, there. language. <laughs> I, I said a bad word. You don't get to say bad words now. We do no bad words. I think I would just say you are fine how you are and you'll be absolutely fine. And don't compare yourself to your friends because you will get to where you're supposed to be eventually, I think. Um mm. Yeah, I think I when I was a kid, I watched all my friends go off to college and university when they were 16, 17, and I, I failed everything, so I didn't do that. I went straight into employment um, and then obviously went back to college when I was 25, 26. So, yeah, and here I am, exactly where I'm supposed to be, just a little bit later than some other people. <laughs> oh, congratulations on that image. That's amazing. amazing. The smile is huge if you are <laughs> listening and not watching. So, uh, right. Right. On that note, thank you so much. Image, thank, thank you, you very, much. very much for being here. Yeah, it's been an absolute privilege chatting to you today and hearing about everything. So, yeah, thank you so much. And you for listening, watching Digital Circus Live podcast. Uh, we will see you soon. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.